Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, as we prepare to get battered by Storm Dudley, there's a storm brewing in Scottish football as another manager gets the sack. Dundee's James McPake has gone after Stephen Glass was emptied by Aberdeen at the weekend. Alan Johnson has gone from King of the South. Our own Barry Ferguson uh, stepped down at Alloa. And Barry, what are you making of the binning of James McPake? To be honest with you, Rob, I'm, I'm surprised. Obviously, had a great result at Tynecastle last week against a, a very good Hearts side. Um, I watched the game, the Scottish Cup game against Peterhead. Mm. Albeit Dundee weren't great, but they got the job done, 3-0, into the quarter-finals. So when the news broke an hour or so ago, I was I was very surprised, as I think a lot of people would, would have been so... Yep, look, he's not had a great season, but the last week or so has been really good for James McPake and his, his Dundee team. So there are a few situations vacant around in Scottish football at the moment and a fair bit of jostling for position, you would imagine, uh, to fill them as well. Uh, we're 24 hours away from a European double header for Celtic and Rangers. It's 5.45 for Rangers in Dortmund and it's 8 o'clock in the east end of Glasgow for Celtic against Bodo Glimt, the Norwegian champions um, what's the approach going to be David Proven could these European games get in the way in a sense of this incredible title race that we've got here yeah I think they might um, I think the title is everything this season I think Europe you know has to be certainly second very much uh, second place uh, on the agenda for the, the, the two of them but they've got to play the games and you know the, the supporters love the European games so it's not as if the, the either manager, I think, could go and play a weekend team. They're going to have to play their, their full-strength side. So we're looking ahead to those games uh, tomorrow night uh, for Rangers in Germany. Just a 10,000 crowd in the Westfalen. Such a great venue. And it's a bit of a shame that it's not a full house for that one. I think 500 Rangers fans in that uh, crowd. It will be full house time at Celtic Park for the visit of the Norwegians of Bodo Glimt who are at the pre-season stage. Uh, their season is pretty much calendar year and doesn't uh, kick off again having ended in December till April. Uh, so they're just heading here from Spain and they've been doing some uh, warm weather training over there. Uh, probably going to come as a bit of a shock to them <laughs> Debbie, when they when they arrive here when to you meet, meet Dudley, Dudley. <laughs> exactly <laughs> have you met Dudley um, yeah I wonder will they be blown off course um, as Ange Postacoglu and his team uh, look to take a home advantage to the second leg and the second legs of these games are next week so we've got that European uh, preview uh, we've got James McPake sacked by Dundee Aberdeen still looking to fill their vacancy uh, who will be the next managers at Dundee 
and Aberdeen, not to mention Queen of the South and Alawa. Josip Juranovic back for Celtic. Uh, we'll be hearing from Ange Postacoglu in the course of the show. Uh, we'll also be hearing from Giovanni van Bronckhorst about uh, Rangers. Uh, no Philip Hollander in their uh, Europa squad. And uh, no Leon Balogun for them as well uh, for tomorrow's game. So decisions to be made um, it's a tough one for Rangers what could Celtic do in the Europa Conference League if they get through this one uh, could they go deep into the competition is that what you want if you're a Celtic fan or do you want Celtic uh, to forget all about Europe in a sense and concentrate fully on winning the title will Erling Haaland line up for Ranger, uh, against Rangers tomorrow night for Dortmund it seems not in terms of what we've heard so far but it does sound as if Giovanni van Bronckhorst we'll hear from him as well is uh, preparing for that game Barry um, on the basis that he might just at the last minute be drafted into that Dortmund team yeah well I was watching Sky it looks like he's almost sent out Rob mm. um, which obviously is good for Rangers but again if you're coming up against the, the teams uh, the quality of Dortmund you want to play against the best Um so listen, it's a a good, a real good game for Rangers. Um, but you look at the Dortmund team; they're, they're fully quality. It's going to be a difficult night. Um, so Rangers, listen, they'll go there with the intent to try and get something. But I, I honestly think it's going to be harder if they come away with at least a a draw. I think you would take that right now with the quality they're coming up against. So 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football chat Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven, Rob McLean um, on a Wednesday night uh, from the Go Radio Football Show on the socials at Go Football Show if you want to get in touch and uh, give us your thoughts give us your opinion ask anything you want to ask uh, within reason uh, Dortmund's second in the Bundesliga at the moment six points behind Bayern Munich uh, they finished third in their Champions League group uh, lost out in goal difference to Sporting Lisbon. Uh, they lost pretty heavily to Leverkusen yeah. recently, David, didn't they? Uh, 5-2 at home, uh, the team that took Celtic to, to pieces earlier in the season. You, you don't know what you're going to get from Dortmund. You know, they, they get spanked by Leverkusen and they, they've had a really good win away from home at the weekend. Um, but I'm not bad. I wish, uh, I wish Haaland was going to play and I wish the ground was full. Mm. You know, it's one of the. Have you have you sampled it, Davy? Yeah, the I've West Fallen uh, with uh, Scotland mm. uh, the night Germany beat us two uh, one World Cup tie. Yeah. Um, Akitjania scored, I think, to right. equalise. Yeah. Um, Germany, I think, were the world champions at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazing venue, isn't it's, it? It's fabulous, and the Rangers fans would have loved it yeah. had it had it been full. And I, I, I think if you ask the Rangers players, they would have wanted talent mm-hmm. on the pitch. You, you want to, Barry's right. You want to test yourself against the very best. Yeah, Barry. Yeah, listen, it's a fantastic arena. I've been lucky enough to play um, there a, a couple of times. Um, full house behind one of the goals. It's a standing area. Um, the, the fans behind that goal create a wonderful, as I said, atmosphere. So, listen, it's, it's disappointing. There's only 10,000 fans. You want the, the players to go and experience or sample that sort of ground um, fully capacity. But they're, look, they're still coming up against, against a good quality team and it's a real good test for for uh, Gio and, and the, the players albeit Haaland is going to be missing but if you look through them there's a number of players who are of high quality mm. um, and it's going to be a tough night it's going to be a big ass for Rangers um, but listen you've got to go there with the mindset that you want to take something for the game and take them back to Ibrox Just looking at some of the players Barry Jude Bellingham such a talent uh, for them and for England uh, as well Axel Witzel the Belgian midfielder Marco Royce Mats Hummels uh, so even without 
as you said, Erling Holland, uh, they've got a lot about them. Well, the players you've just mentioned are, are high quality, as you said. Also, um, Claudia Arena's boy is there. Gio, yep. Who I, I've seen a couple of times, and obviously I played with Claudio, and it, it's great to see his, his, his son uh, making a, a career for himself over in, in Dortmund. He certainly looks like a, a top prospect. So even with Haaland being out, you're still coming up against a top quality team. James McPaik, Davy Proven, uh, what do you make of, of that decision today? A bit strange, you know, they give him the transfer window. He was allowed to bring a couple of players in, including Niall McGinn. Uh, and you would think the board would only do that if they were going to stick with him. Mm. Uh, and here he is bumped a couple of weeks later. I think you can blame Malky Mackay, actually, because after six, seven games this season, Ross County, you'd have put your house in Ross County going down. And Malky somehow managed to turn it round got them up the table. I think they're now looking at top six place. That's That would be their aspiration. Mm -hmm. And Dundee are now in the playoff spot. So we're getting to a stage in the season where people who are investing in football clubs who have to put their money down, they get a wee bit uh, trigger happy at this time and you get a bit nervous. Um, I, I think they've probably acted a little bit too soon. But listen, it's, um, it's, it's John Nelms and his boss in America, it's their money that's on mm. the table. So providing, I've always believed that providing the owners pay the manager up, uh, they're entitled to hire and fire. He's quite an impressive guy, James McPake. I mean, he's been on this show a few times and you ask him a question and he gives you an answer. He's pretty straightforward. He's pretty open. He wears his heart in his sleeve, Barry. Yep, yeah, when you've, um, when I've seen Dundee play this season, I've had some um, tough results. Um, he's come out and he's been open and honest and saying it's not been good enough he's always needed um, to strengthen the, the squad and the surprising thing with Dundee sacking him is they backed him in January mm. um, they went out and they've spent a few quid David just mentioned Niall McGinn um, he'll be on a fair wage mm -hmm. uh, he's a good um, good player Zach Rudden they had to pay a fee for him to get him out of his contract early at Partick Thistle so we backed him in January I thought they would have at least gave him to the end of the season and certainly we with the two results he's had over the last week. Mm. Um, going down to Tynecastle and getting a great result. And then I watched the game on in, in Monday night, the game you were commentating on. Mm. Look, they weren't great, but you seen Niall McGinn took his goal well. Charlie Adam, good penalty. What a ball. Mm. Um, the Niall McGinn goal. Um, so they have got good players. Um, they've, not just, they've not produced for me on a consistent basis. But I still think James McPaik at least deserved until the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that performance against Peterhead was was hardly uh, one that will live long in the memory from Dundee. But they are in the mm. Scottish Cup quarterfinals. They've yeah. got that just a, a matter of a, a few weeks away, Davey. And and the result at, at Tynecastle, where they were a goal down and came back to win 2-1, yeah. I mean, that was massive. That, that you would have thought, was a job-saving result. It, it, exactly. That, that's why it's something of a surprise to me. Uh, you know, I guess John Nelms will be looking at the budgets of other clubs around them. Um, Dundee, I, I don't know what their budget is in terms of, of clubs around them, but mm -hmm. I'd imagine they've got a bigger budget than Ross County. Mm -hmm. Probably a bigger Livingston? Pro yeah, probably a bigger budget than Livingston. Maybe even St Myrne, um, or certainly on a par with St Myrne. And John Nelms might feel that they, should be, they shouldn't be in the, the playoff spot. You know, that they, they should be, I'm not saying they should be top six, but you probably feel that they should be further up the table and, and certainly safe. But as Davey says, Barry, it's panic stations time, isn't it, at some clubs? And and when the, the owners and the chairman start getting heat, uh, we know what happens next. I mean, I mean, in your situation, you know, you 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 took the decision. You 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 stepped down from the from the job, but but sometimes you don't get that choice. 
No, but you're always going to get noise. Fans are never going to be happy. Sometimes they don't like a manager. They don't like the way that you set up. Um, but that's up to the, the people who own the club to shut that noise out and back the manager. And I think they've done that, as I said, certainly in the transfer window and with the couple of results he's had over the, the, the last week. And I, I'll go back to it. I feel, I feel for James McPake. I think he deserves... He's been there, what, three years? Just over three years. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think he deserves the last two and a half, three months of the season to go and make sure um, he keeps Dundee in the Premier League. And they've got a good opportunity because it's still close down down that bottom. Um, and he'll believe in his own ability that he was good enough to go and at least um, cement their place in the Premier League. And how are you feeling two days after taking that decision? Uh, are you happy yeah, now that it was the right one? Yeah, 100% it was the right one. Um, after the game on Saturday, I had a long, hard think. Sunday, um, again, a lot of thinking. I made my decision. Um, spoke to the chairman and it was done over a few hours. Um, it was sorted. Just time for somebody else to come in and and, and give them something fresh, new ideas. Um, but I'm I'm totally totally fine with the decision I made and I'm I'm happy and I'm content and that's the main thing Does it feel as if a weight's been lifted off your shoulders? No, look, I'm going to look, the first couple of weeks Rob it's going to be good but listen football's my life mm-hmm. it's all I've been involved in I will start to obviously get at your feet but what I'll do over the next couple of months I'll go out and watch all levels of football um, I'll go and watch every single game I can because I enjoy it that's for the juniors League 1, League 2 Championship, Premier League, um, and I love watching football. And at some stage, hopefully, I can, I can get back in. You could be going to games, more games than Brian Rice, by the sounds of it. And more he... games than you. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll probably, too far. <laughs> I'll, probably, I'll probably see you at most of them. Uh, yeah, James McPake uh, has gone. Uh, the decision coming on the back of those two big wins, it seemed, at Tyne Castle and in the Scottish Cup as well. As Barry was saying, he'd been in charge at Dens uh, since initially taking over as caretaker in 2019, uh, led them to promotion last year via the playoffs. Uh, and his last game in charge was that 3-0 win up at uh, Peterhead, which set them up with a, a game against Rangers at Dens. So uh, you would imagine, uh, because they're at home, uh, you know that that's nice win- that's, yeah. that's that's but that's winnable as well yeah. for 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 Dundee in a one-off cup yeah. tie at Dens with a big crowd, Davy. Well, it, it, it's winnable, but it's also a really good uh, money spinner for Dundee as well. Yeah. Uh, and that 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 again um, adds to the, the 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 surprise to a certain extent. It's not as if Dundee are detached at the bottom of the table; they're not even bottom of the table. Um, but listen, you know, providing the the providing they pay uh, James's contract mm. up. It's their call. It's their it's their money. Uh, Charlie Adam uh, on Twitter. Sad to see the manager leave the club today. A good man who will always be remembered at Dundee. I want to thank him for all he's done on and off the pitch for me. I wish him well. I'm sure it won't be long until he's back in work. Uh, and you would imagine Charlie Adam is going to be playing a big part in the temporary uh, management setup there, Barry. Yeah, I've seen over the last few weeks when I've been looking at the Dundee team, Charlie's um, been on the bench a few times, mm-hmm. um, but. Look, albeit I know people are going to say it's only Peterhead, but you were at the game, Rob. I watched it. You seen Charlie's qualities. Mm. Um, albeit the penalty stuck it away easily, but you, you could see his um, his quality on the ball and the ball he played for Niall McGinn. No many people can do that, no. Rob. It was what, what you're talking 50, mm. 60 yard diagonal right on to Niall McGinn. Niall McGinn didn't even need to break his stride. Um, look, Charlie's getting older, but listen. He's still a, a top footballer, Charlie Adam. So there's a job to be had at Dundee. There's a job to be had still 
at Aberdeen. Um, we're not hearing anything uh, of any great certainty about the Aberdeen job, Davy, but uh, certainly there's a lot of talk about Jim Goodwin, yeah. um, and and it he just seems to make sense for this job. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jim Goodwin, in terms of the Aberdeen job, he's timed his run to perfection, given St Mun's recent run. I think it's seven unbeaten, one six. Mm-hmm. Um, got them in at the top six, doing a good job. And not only not only do I think he's a good coach, I also think he handles himself well in front of the cameras, in front of the microphones. There's an intelligence there, a steely intelligence that, that comes from him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's the type who would take any nonsense in a dressing room. I think he would... He would have the, the full respect and attention of his players uh, on day one. Uh, and I think he would make a very good choice. Yeah, and he's had uh, real jobs in recent times as well. He's had a taste of the real world, which probably gives him a nice perspective uh, as a as a football manager as well. And he's done a really good... He's reassembled St Mirren, hasn't he, since the winter break, Barry, because they were playing with a back three. He's gone to a four. He, he took the bold decision to change that around, having brought in the players to play a three. He's now gone with a four, and, and he's getting results. Yeah, he's flexible in terms of the way he wants to play, play the game. As you mentioned there, Rob, he can go a back three, he can go a back four. But for me, he's the number one contender for the Aberdeen job. I know St Murn fans will not be happy with me saying this, but I think it, look, Aberdeen, for me, are probably the first, third highest in terms of their, the wage uh, bill. their wage bill, yeah. easily for me. And I think it's a job, if it becomes available, I think Jim would be really interested. I think he deserves it. I think the job he's done at St Murn's been excellent. I think his recruitment, he's, he's used Southern Ireland to go and get a lot of players that nobody's heard of. Guys like Jamie McGrath, who's moved down to the down to England at, at Wigan, he, he's found some gems there. Um, so he does his homework, um, and I just like I, I've got to agree with Davy. I like the way he comes across. He's very honest and open. When someone play well, he credits his team. When they don't play well, he lets them know. Um, so for me. St Man have got a, a job in their hands trying to keep Jim Goodwin because if I'm Aberdeen, he's the number one for me. St Mirren fans, what are you thinking about the prospect of losing uh, manager Jim Goodwin? Is it now inevitable, do you think, that he is going to be the next uh, team manager at Aberdeen? What about that Dundee job? Who are going to be the contenders for that one? If you're a Dundee fan, give us a shout. Are you shocked, surprised that James McPake has been relieved of his duties today? Jobs at Alloa, Queen of the South as well. Lots going on in Scottish football. And we're 24 hours away from that European doubleheader. If you're a Rangers fan, what are you thinking about Giovanni van Bronckhorst and his team in Dortmund uh, tomorrow and what about Celtic uh, what could they do in the Europa Conference League against the Norwegian champions tomorrow night Bodo Glimt The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more Let's go It's the Wednesday Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre with Barry Ferguson, Davey Proven and Rob McLean. We are uh, just uh, an evening away uh, from European football returning uh, for the top two Rangers in Dortmund at the Westfalen in front of uh, a 10,000 limited uh, crowd Celtic uh, play Borough Glimt from Norway. That's at uh, 8 o'clock and uh, they are between uh, winning the title and starting their defence of it. That doesn't happen until early April. Uh, So will Celtic have an advantage in terms of uh, physical condition? 
Uh, we'll hear Ange Postacoglu's thoughts on that in a minute. Also, his squad update. We'll get that uh, from the Celtic manager who's been talking today at his media conference. Uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst has been updating us as well on how Rangers are placed. Uh, well, Philip is not in our uh, in our squad. We have limited spaces, unfortunately, to uh, to get players registered. So for me to put Helander out was a difficult decision, of course, because he's a I know he's a he's a very important player still for for us. But you know, we only played the first sixty minutes after so many months. So uh, he's not in the squad. Uh, Leon is uh, not available for tomorrow. Hopefully, he will be available for for next week. And Ryan trained uh, as normal the last couple of days, so is is fit to uh, to come with us to Germany. So that's Ryan Jack, who is in Germany with Rangers. No Balogun, no Hillander, but uh, we do have Craig and Cumbernauld, uh, who could be drafted in last minute, possibly to help out Rangers uh, defensively. But Craig, it, it sounds very much like it's going to be Tavernier, Goldson. Bassi and Barisic, yeah, tomorrow? Um, or not? Yeah, and, uh, it, it sounds to me like that's probably the way it's going to be. Um, now, the big worry about that for me is that we've seen in, already this season in games that Calvin Bassi, for me at centre-back, he's, 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 he's clearly not a centre-back. Um, when he's in that position, <laughs> too often he makes mistakes that you will not get away with and you know if you look at the mistake he made uh, when we beat even when we beat Hearts 5 mm. now um that could have changed the game. Yeah. You know, that was it's one of many that he's made and against a team like Dortmund we're gonna have to be defensively pretty strong. But then what I would say on top of that is I think in those kind of games you have to defend as a team anyway, not just the back four because I think you almost have to play and Barry will know more than me haven't played it but almost that kind of way Walter Smith used to like to set up in the European nights against the bigger teams where you know you, you be as stuff as you can and you try and catch on the counter-attack at any opportunity you get because let's be honest we're not going to go and dominate a game of football for 90 minutes in, in Dortmund but I do I do think we can we can get something in terms of being able to stay in the tie come the second leg because I think at Ibrox you, you have to, as a Rangers fan, as a Rangers player at Ibrox, you have to fancy playing anybody there and think and, and believe you can get a result. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to it because it's a big game, but I, I certainly think it's uh, it, it's it's going to be tough. But as long as we stay in the tie, that's kind of the, the crucial part for me. Yeah, I mean, Craig, Craig Barry makes a makes a good point, doesn't he? It's going to be a really potentially searching examination of Calvin Bassey, the centre-back, if that's what Giovanni does tomorrow night. Yeah, look, they'll need to soak up a lot of pressure. There's no doubt about that. And I think he'll go away a formation um, that will have two holding midfielders. Normally plays one holding midfielder. Um, so he'll need to go there. Not with the mindset that you're going to just sit behind the ball at all times, but you need to be realistic in who you're playing against um, so everybody needs to be on it um, in terms of Bassey he's a better left back there's no doubt in my mind but listen the good thing about him is he can fill in when there's um, injuries and that's what he's done in the past um, he has made a couple of mistakes but let's be honest with you he is normally a left back so you've got to um, you've got to feel for him at times uh, and he's only young Rob um, so look Barisic is another one for me he's got to come in and show mm. that um, it's not affected him what happened in the Celtic game because uh, i seen him he came on against Hearts and he wasn't the same Barisic that, that I 
I seen even last season. So, look, Bassey's a certainty to start. Look, one thing you know what you're going to get for Calvin Bassey is 100%. Um, and it's up to Connor Golson to make sure he keeps him 100% concentrated during the game. Because as I said, it's going to be waves of attack, waves of attack from Borussia Dortmund, and it's up to Rangers to soak that up and try and hit them on the counter attack. Philip Hillander, Davy played an hour in Annan, but uh, clearly the thinking yeah. was from a while back because he wasn't yeah. put in the squad that this was going to come too quickly for him. Yeah, I mean they're, they're just unlucky. They've had a couple of injuries. Um, Hillander wasn't named, um, and there's, there's no doubt that I mean Craig said it himself. Mentioned the mistake against Hearts. He had a shocker at Ross County as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't think he's a centre back, and you can bet that Dortmund have noticed that. And it. it Listen, it's, it's going to be a night where Rangers are going to be ha have to be at it from the first whistle. Um, they're probably going to have to work harder off the ball than they have all season. Um, because Dortmund, 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 I think, will be a bit like Celtic. They, they will come at, they'll come at Rangers in waves. They'll, they'll start with so much energy. Uh, Rangers are fortunate, I think, that there's only going to be 10,000 at the game, which will help them. Mm -hmm. But they're going to have to be at their very best. It's a, it's a real good real good test for Rangers. Craig, how much does Europe matter? to you this season compared with the battle for the title? Do you, I mean, can, can, can both, can, are you happy that both can run in tandem, that one feeds off the other, or are you wary of it being a distraction? Well, I, I think there's a, a bit of both there. I do, I do think that they can, of course, run in tandem, but that only works if you've got a squad that's big enough and that you've got enough players there fit. And I think the centre-back issue proves that clearly we need to do better. And that is why I think, you know, that you know, probably my biggest frustration in January was that we didn't just fork out the, the, the half a million to bring John Suter in straight away because we really could have been doing with that extra centre back there. Um, so it's it's a real blow, but I think clearly the league's your most important thing. That's your bread and butter. You've got to win the league now. The belief I think seems to be in the main that Rangers will probably go out to Borussia Dortmund. Celtic will likely get through against Brodo Glenn, although this is a team who did beat Roma, so I'm sure they won't take them lightly. That, to me, would present an opportunity for Rangers, because if Celtic are going to continue on in the, the Conference League, they are going to then have to make decisions about rotations in their squads and hoping that injuries don't catch up, especially at the intensity they play. So if they've got to play more games and at that intensity, they'll get tired. It happens, I mean, look at Barry No, 2008. By all accounts, we probably would have won the league if we hadn't got to the UEFA Cup final because the, the, the games just kept picking up and then it was, it was too much. So, yeah, you love Europe and you love occasions like this. That's why we're all, you know, Rangers fans are all clamouring to get back to the Champions League because we want more big occasions. But clearly, you would take winning the league all day long over getting players tired or injured playing in European yeah. night Are you wary of that Barry? Are you wary of that potential problem for Rangers here with these big European games and, and, and it might just damage them in terms yeah. of the title? Not the first half of the season when you get go after mm. Christmas yep it becomes a, a, a worry Where we are right now Yep it, it does become a worry um, I, I've, I've been in this position myself mm -hmm. Um and it's tough playing Sunday, Thursday, Sunday at some stage. I mean, back well, under Walter Smith's team, it was virtually probably the same 14 or 15 players he used throughout all their games. And there comes a stage where you just burn out. Um, so it is tough on Rangers. Will they make a few changes tomorrow and then a few changes 
at the weekend I think that's something he'll need to look at he'll need to look because for me the bread and butter is a league mm -hmm. that's for the the big paycheck is at the end of the season 35-40 million pound um, so the, the the main priority is a league look Europe's brilliant it's great for the bank account but I think G will look at the bigger picture because the number one is a league If Craig's right Davey and Rangers do go out wouldn't be a major shock if they lost out to a no. really good European team no. Celtic got through against a team who were in pre-season although they are Norwegian champions if that played out would it be advantage Rangers in yeah, the title I, race? I, I think it would be um, I, I think the problem let, let's be honest here Celtic don't want to be in this tournament and you know a club of Celtic size should be in a different tournament problem is that, that the supporters love their European nights and the supporters will think Celtic can go all the way. Mm -hmm. So th there's going to be pressure from the Celtic supporters to, to go as far as they can in Europe. So I don't, I don't think it's one of them where Costa Coglu could, could play a week inside. He's, he's under too much pressure from the fans who, who will see this tournament uh, as a, an opportunity for Celtic to have a really good run in it. I was interested in Craig's point as well there, Barry, about John Suter. Was it short-sighted of Rangers when you look at where they are now with Nohalander in the squad and, and Balogun injured? Were they short-sighted in not getting John Suter done if it, if all it was going to be was a couple of hundred thousand? I was surprised the deal didn't get done, if I'm being honest with you. But I, I think Gio was then looking at, right, you're not thinking Balogun's going to get an injury. You, you know Holander's on the way back. But he's 33, isn't he, Balogun? So, you know, he's, is he not more likely to get injuries at that age? Listen, it's a hamstring one. The, the one he, he suffered against Hearts... Uh, you don't think that's going to happen. But you look at the bigger picture and you think, right, I've got three predominantly centre-halves. I've got another player in Calvin Bass who can fill in there. So that should get four. Should they have paid the under 100000 to get John Suter in? I would have liked to have seen John Suter in um, to get him used to the surroundings, get him used to his teammates. And then he can go off to a flyer, obviously, the start of the next season. So I was surprised, but I can understand the reason why they didn't do it because Gio's probably looking at that he's got four and no thinking that anybody's going to get injured. Is that looking, Davy, like a bad decision at the moment for Rangers? That they didn't go and get John Suter? Um, well, with the benefit of hindsight, yeah. Mm. But you, you, you don't know who's going to get injured, do you? Um, but I mean, in terms of the outlay. I mean, yeah, this, was, this was, in Rangers' terms, was this not yeah, a th petty, I think petty cash? Right. I mean, they were in the same situation last year with Scott Wright, and they, they paid the money and got him, got the boy in. Mm. And I think that was a good decision. Suter, and, and listen, we don't know, by the way, if John Suter's good enough. This, this will be very interesting to see John Suter when he's in a team that has to win every week. Totally different environment from Tynecastle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and with the benefit of hindsight, you, you would say that Rangers probably should have coughed up. Alfredo Morelos, obviously, uh, Craig, key, a key figure for, for Rangers tomorrow. Um, and, and he's been in great form, hasn't he? Oh, he's, listen, he's been outstanding since he came back. We, we can see what we... We've missed, and uh, listen, I think it was an absolute farce what happened to him when he went away to Columbia in the first place. You know, they, they robbed us of a player that they didn't even put on their bench, which, quite frankly, it, it was, was poor from them, but it's poor from us as well to not get on the phone and go, listen, send him back to us right now if you're not using him, because it's clear how important he is to the, the squad. Um, but no, I think he's been terrific, and listen, I don't think there's a defender out there that would enjoy playing against Alfredo Morelos. Um, he certainly makes you work um, very, very hard to keep him at bay. So, so no, I think, yeah, he's key. Keep him fit, keep him in the squad. I think we're every chance we can win the league title.
Would there be, Barry, do you think next time, the next time an international break comes around, would there be a case for, for Rangers having a serious conversation with Colombia and, and saying, are you going to involve them this time because you're doing us massive damage by taking him away and not playing him? You always want to play with your country, but I think Morello also look at it and think, what's the point of travelling, I don't know what, 12 hours in a flight, 13 hours in a flight and not even been involved? Um, so he must be frustrated with that but in terms of Morelos he's in top form it's the best Nick I've seen him mm -hmm. in the best condition in terms of his body shape um, and the, 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 the Hearts game and even the Hibs game he was good but the Hearts game he was it's the best I've seen him he's all round play Rob he's link up play he's work rate running the channels good finishing good first touch it just looks to me he's in a real good place at this moment in time and it just shows you I've always been you said these critics but I've always been a big fan of him but certainly when he's in this type of form I think he's a real handful of centre-backs and centre uh, the callers just mentioned there they don't like playing against him mm. they hate it because he's a nuisance When he's cheesed off nobody uh, does the face quite like him uh, in terms of looking disenchanted Craig uh, and he's got a smile about him at the moment hasn't he? Craig Craig's, Craig's gone <laughs> he's, he's, had, he's had enough he's been called up by Columbia well he might have been <laughs> I hope Storm Dudley hasn't got to him uh, Craig not. yeah you're right thanks for your call uh, looking ahead to I called him Gary I think he was wounded you, you called him Gary and then you called it'll be him it'll interesting Rob to see what Rangers do with Morelis you know he's going into the final year of his contract in the mm -hmm. summer what did it I mean he's, he said recently I think he, he's happy at Rangers he wants to stay I mean, if you're Rangers, you're going to try and get him tied up on a long-term contract, if only to get top dollar for him during, at some yeah. point during that contract. That, that uh, contract. Be interesting to see where they're going in some of yeah, the two they, parties. Yeah, I, I agree. They need to get him tied up. Yeah. If you want to get your 12, 15 million pounds from him, he's only got a year in the summer. You're not going to get anywhere near that if clubs come in. So I think in the next month or two, they'll be sitting him down, Rob. Yeah. No doubt about it. Try to get him to sign an extension to his contract. Um, but listen, the vibes that are coming from Morelos are as he wants to stay, he's enjoying himself. So I'm sure Rangers fans will be desperate for him to get him tied up. Yeah, and Giovanni van Bronckhorst will be desperate as well that all that paperwork is done in the background. He was asked about Morelos the other day. Uh, he was asked today uh, about Rebo and Kent in terms of their contractual situation as well, getting those uh, sorted out and we'll hear what he said later in the show talking Rangers in Europe and we'll be talking about Celtic in Europe after this The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more Let's go, go, go. Yeah, the Go Radio Football Show, Davey Proven, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean on the day. James McPake uh, was sacked. There's a lot of it about at the moment. Um, on the back of Stephen Glass having, uh, I can't say emptied again, can I? Um, completely empty now, the glass. Um, and looking for a manager, uh, Dave Cormack and Aberdeen. Is it going to be Jim Goodwin if you're a St Mirren fan? What are you thinking about that, about losing your manager, the potential for it? There seems to be some sort of get-out clause and compensation payment. I don't think will be a problem to Aberdeen if uh, they've decided that Jim Goodwin is the man for them. So we're talking uh, managerial merry-go-round. Uh, we're also talking Rangers and Celtic in Europe. We had the Rangers squad up. Update from Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Our Celtic place. Here's Ange Postecoglou. 
Mikey Johnson, he picked up a bit of a, a ankle uh, sprain. It's nothing too serious, but it will keep him out for a little while. Everyone else got through okay. Josip Juranovic is available. He's back training. He missed the cut last couple of games. That's it. I think the others, um, Yosuke Deguchi obviously is not registered, so he won't he won't be available, but everyone else is okay, mate. So, Paul in Karkantilloch, welcome to the show. Um, that's sounding like Celtic are pretty strong for uh, tomorrow night. Juranovic is back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hi guys, good evening. Hi Paul. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the game. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the performance they put on and the progression we've made from the last game. Mm. The last game we bet uh, we bet Betis. Mm-hmm. Now Betis are already qualified. So, but we've uh, we're down the road a bit we, uh, in terms of strengthening the squad. And I don't know a lot about this team. I'll be honest. Uh, I've heard the bet Roma. But I'm I'm more interested in Celtic and just seeing uh, how they're handling Europe, as in we're a we're a different animal than we were last year, totally unrecognisable. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the game. Are you going to the game, Paul? Yes, I'll be. Yeah. Ah, good. Um, th- I Hopefully. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I think it should might have calmed down by then. Um, Davy and Paul makes a really good point there about the learning exercise for Celtic, both from last season, but they're a completely different animal now from what they were last season. But but moving on as well from earlier in Europe this season, where there were there were lots of positives about yeah. their performances, but there was a bit of naivety about them as well. I, I think Celtic are on really good nick in terms of going deep into this competition and, and as we discussed earlier on it might not be ideal for Ange Postecoglou if Celtic are to, to have a good run in this tournament given the, how important the league title is but I, you know I, I, I think Celtic um, are, are going to get stronger as this, the season goes on um, as I said earlier it's maybe not the tournament that they want to be in but the supporters will, will demand they go as far as they can and it, it's almost when you look at the Celtic of the early part of the season, you know, when they were losing three of their first six league games, it's almost unbelievable the shape they're in now, top of the league. Seven points behind on the 1st of December. Top of the league now. Mm. Uh, it's, the Celtic side is barely recognisable and you've got to give the manager all the credit for that. And there he is on the screen in the studio. It's one of those wacky moments where we're talking <laughs> about him and suddenly he appears in that big screen uh, to our left in the studio. Sounds like Celtic Barry pretty strong squad-wise for, for tomorrow. Uh, and Juranovic is back and what a good operator he is and, and I think there's already a lot of interest from from uh, clubs down south uh, yep. because of the impact he's made. I ain't surprised Look, a lot of people listen Celtic's recruitment's been really good this season no doubt about it January as well getting the, the guys in early doors but Juranovic for me he's the unsung hero um, a bundle of energy real good quality um, and he's looking at an absolute steal for two and a half million quid Um so, yeah, he's really impressed me. Um, Croatian international, so you've got to be at a decent standard to play with Croatia. Um, no, he's certainly one that stood out for me. But in terms of, of Celtic, I watched their game at the weekend and Postacoglu is not going to, um, he's not going to hang about. If he ain't happy with the performance, and he wasn't mm-hmm. the first 45 minutes. If you ain't going to work hard, you're not going to be in his team. And he was adamant about that after the game. He was straight about it. Better in the second half from Celtic. Um, look, they were never in any danger of getting beat off for the Rovers, but it just wasn't the Celtic you've become used to over the last few months um, with a fast start out the traps quickly as possible. But look, the thing about Celtic this year is there's no doubt their squad is so much stronger and certainly after the January window. 
I asked this question, Paul, to, to Rangers fan Craig earlier on in the show. Are, are you concerned at all that that uh, Europe could be a distraction for you when what you really want this season, your your number one priority, is to get the title? Uh, well, Rob, that's a different question to answer. I'm, I'm not arrogant enough to, to say that I want to, I want to leave uh, just concentrate and win the league because sod's law, you'll do that and it'll not happen. So the, 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 the team, it's a young team as well, a young team who are still progressing, who are still trying to find their way. Like Juranovic has made a great start, he has, but some of Juranovic's worst displays have been in Europe, especially away. Uh, so I think it's a progression. It's The team's only six months old, not even that. I mean, they brought in the, the guys from Japan and uh, left from uh, MK Dons just over a month ago. So, no, we need to stay in everything. We need to, we, we can't take a, a, a finger off the ball or, or relax. And I think that. Uh, Weekend showing Big Ange when he was letting them know from the sidelines he's mm. not willing to accept that. You give your all, as they say, the kind of the video is out. We stop when uh, we don't stop, we never stop. So I think they they need to do that until uh, titles and, and trophies are bagged. I love the way he's really open today at the media conference about his just genuine excitement as well um, about playing big games in Europe, PDS, earlier. Europe gives you that opportunity to, to play against teams who play a little bit differently, um, have different approaches. Uh, when you play away from home, it's different conditions, um, all those kind of things. So I, I love those challenges. I know the players are looking forward to it. And look, European nights at Celtic Park are always special. So the, all those ingredients means that, you know, we're all really excited about the game. I'm sure our supporters are. I know the players are. And, um, you know, with the way Bodo play as well, I think it'll be a good game. It'll be interesting, David, to see what the, the Bodo Glimt approach is tomorrow night. I think we know with a fair bit of certainty what the Celtic approach is yeah. going to be. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think Celtic are getting them at the right time. They haven't played a competitive game since early December. Yeah. So they, they, no matter how how many training matches they play, they can't possibly be up to speed. Um, conversely, Celtic are right at it at the moment. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if, if Celtic don't win tomorrow night with a bit to spare. Yeah, I mean, condition could be could be an issue here, Barry. Um, they, they don't resume again till April. Yeah, they're, they're going through, obviously, the, their pre-season. Look, Bodo are going to be rusty. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And that's when you need to come out the traps quickly. And that's what Postacoglu's teams um, have done. Um, you've, you've seen that. They start games really quickly. They catch teams off guard. And that's exactly what you want to do against a team who's no played since the 9th, uh, 9th of December. Um, look, what is it four or five pre-season games I've had mm -hmm. pre-season games ain't the same as competitive games so I can't see anything but a, a Celtic victory a comfortable victory at that what Celtic uh, Paul have, have done really effectively this season is managed injury problems and absences away in international duty Tom Rogic or whatever Kyogo out which at this time seemed like a crisis um, and nobody's really too bothered at the moment because everything's going perfectly well um, without him Jota is back and getting better with each passing game it seems he's getting back to where he was before he, he was injured there just seems to be uh, this uh, ability at Celtic with Ange Postacoglu at the moment um, that he can just slot people in and it's all pretty seamless I think it's to do I think it's to do uh, with a system I mean, I think the the system they play that everybody knows what they're doing. If you're maybe having a wee bit of an off day, 
you still know the system. So this is the big difference. Uh, Ange has dragged us into being a, a modern, progressive football team uh, who can adapt. Now, there's still guys there that don't suit the system, to be honest. And I think the weekend shown was some of that. I don't think I don't see a place uh, for Mikey Johnson. I, I, I don't. I think he's he's had his chance. I, I don't think he's fitting in. And there's a few others, to be honest. But uh, look, the guys, the arrogance at the start of the season uh, from a lot of people who thought because he, he was Australian, he hadn't managed in uh, in Scotland and Europe before. I mean, it's. There's a wee bit of arrogance and there's a wee bit of people with a bit of egg in their chin now, you know, because he's the guy's he's a, he's a top coach, as, as he's shown. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been running for cover after uh, things that were said, Davey, six, seven, eight months ago, uh, about born of ignorance, obviously, about Ange Postecoglou. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, made a couple of, he has made a couple of obvious mistakes, playing Kyogo wide at Ibrooks. Mm. I would argue maybe cost Celtic the game, mm. you know, because when he, when he switched them and took Edward off, put Kyogo through the middle. Kyogo gave Rangers real problems. He left him out. Um, the decision to allow, uh, to take Juranovic off the penalty and give it to Giacomakis against Livingston. He has made a couple of mistakes. But overall, when you look at what he inherited, and I said at the time he would need at least two windows. Mm. Well, he's had one window and Celtic are in great shape. You know, if he gets another window, and he certainly will, um, it, I think there's just so much to look forward to for, for Celtic fans not just in terms of the development of, of this team but the value they're getting in the transfer market as well where previously the club was wasting money in the market they're, they're getting real good value now and, and also he's tapped into a market that no one was aware of the, the Asian market Paul what's your score for tomorrow night? Oh God uh, Come on I'll go for a I'll go for a free one to Celtic 3-1 Celtic. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. Yes, all right. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Bowl with uh, Davy Proven, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean for another hour on Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show. Uh, thanks for listening and feel free to get involved just like Paul and Craig have done already in the show. Lots to talk about, of course, with those two big European games uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, the managerial merry-go-round. On the back of uh, Stephen Glass going from Aberdeen at the weekend, James McPake has been sacked today by Dundee. So there's another job available. And uh, maybe strange timing on the back of having won at Tynecastle last week uh, and having reached the Scottish Cup quarterfinals on Monday night. Uh, news of Scotland's women in the Pinatar Cup. Um, and sadly, Scotland's defence has been ended at the first hurdle by Wales. Uh, Lana Cleland headed uh, Scotland in front in the first half. 
but uh, Wales hit back to equalise with a penalty and then some sloppy defending uh, early in the second half. Uh, Wales scored against Scotland now compete in the fifth to eighth place section of the tournament so they will be uh, really uh, disappointed uh, about that the news of uh, James McPaik uh, just in case you're uh, picking up on this now having not heard anything earlier on James McPaik gone Dundee second bottom in the Premiership uh, St Johnston drew last night in Aberdeen but uh, still uh, bottom uh, Callum Davidson's team so James McPake has gone on the back of that 2-1 league win at Tyne Castle that was last Wednesday night and uh, winning at Peterhead Monday night uh, to reach the quarterfinals in which uh, in the Scottish Cup they will play Rangers at Dens so um, it, there'll be an interim management team in at the moment uh, but you do probably have the feeling Davey that uh, because they've sacked him off the back of actually two good results uh, they know exactly what's coming well, next they, year they must I don't, I don't think for a minute they'd have pulled the trigger unless they had someone in mind um, I've, I've no doubt they have someone will probably be introduced to them tomorrow because I don't think the knee in their current position can afford to, to waste time on a caretaker take a chance they, they've got to get an, a, a manager who can walk in with some authority and, and kickstart the knee and get, try and get them out of trouble is it Dundee and St Johnston, Barry? Is that it? Is it those two competing to avoid the bottom spot, which is automatic relegation? Yes, for me, I think it's both Dundee and St Johnston will fight it out. Yeah, I, I honestly believe Ross County. Uh, Malky's done a, a great job for me. First maybe quarter of the season, they weren't getting results. But the performances were there. Just sloppy mistakes at the back was costing them games. Now they've, um, they've sorted that out. Um, and they're a good team Ross County they can score goals they've shut up shop a wee bit at the back so for me it's going to come down to both St Johnson and Dundee to fight it out who finishes bottom Will he be somebody Malky Mackay who will be on the radar of bigger spending clubs in Scotland Davy, on I, the back of what he's done there? Well I, I, I would hope so not just what he's done in Scotland what he did in England uh -huh. as well particularly yeah. with Cardiff before it went sour Um I do get the impression, um, and I've, I've no proof for saying this, I do get the impression that some people don't want to touch Malky because of what happened at Cardiff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's unfortunate. You know, he's paid his dues, he's gone to all his rehabilitation courses, he, he's done everything that was asked of him. Seems to take a long time to go away, doesn't it? Yeah, him? but you would think when the SFA appointed him mm -hmm. that that would be the ultimate um, vindication that the governing body had enough faith in him and trust in him to give him the position that he had at Hamden. Um no disrespect to Ross County, but I think Malky, Malky should be a bigger club, I think. I, I honestly believe it's still against him, what happened at Cardiff. Mm -hmm. And as David just mentioned there, he'd done all the, the rehabilitation, he went to meetings, he'd done all the stuff. He obviously gets appointed SFA technical director and you think it's in the past, but I honestly think he should be managing at a higher level, but I think that's going against him, which I think is totally wrong. Yeah, for, for a lot of people... When you mention the name Malky Mackay still, yeah. that's the first thing they think about is te text gate, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I mean, Vincent Tan did a very good job on him, didn't he? Uh, and I'm not saying Malky was blameless, but um, just the publicity that, that, that Malky got out of it was very, very damaging. And I think it continues to this day to damage him. Uh, I, I hope he gets another shot at the big time. Um, as I say, no disrespect to Ross County, but I think Malky proved particularly with Cardiff that he deserves a bigger stage and I hope he gets it eventually that, that, 
this is a great opportunity for him. I think he's, he's seen Ross County, who are always going to be fighting relegation, right? Can I go up there and, and turn the, the, the fortune of the club round about? And at the start, it didn't look if it was going to happen because of the results. But if you take that to the side, you look at the performances, they were there. It was just a case of sorting a few things out. Mm. Certainly, as I, I mentioned, there was some um, defensive mistakes that, that obviously Malky's went and worked on the training ground. And now he's turned that round and... They're a good team when you actually watch them. Watch mm. them closely against both Celtic and Rangers. And they took them all the way, um, both of the old firm and also with the clubs round about them because normally you get a, a jolt when you're playing against the bigger teams. Mm. But the teams round about them, like say going down to Dens Park a week or so ago and getting that 2-1 victory, all the clubs round about, he seems to be picking up points. So fair play to him. And if he continues it, I'm sure he'll, he'll get back up to a higher level. And that's no disrespect to Ross County. No. Only Celtic and Rangers have scored more goals uh, in the Premiership than Ross County, and and it and it's been a bit of a revolving door, hasn't it, in Dingwall in terms of yeah. the players he's brought in uh, from from big clubs on loan. Always a gamble and always difficult, Davy, to to make put that all together and make it work. And and that and again and that so that's it's been a big success in that regard, yeah, hasn't I, it? I just wonder if you know if if you're John Nelms at Dundee, surely Malcolm Mackay would be of interest. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that Dundee. If you look at the players that they brought in, you know, Lee Griffiths, Jason Cummings, Charlie Adam, they'll all be in good money. So I take it Dundee have the money to push the boat out and tell you what they could do worse than bring in Malky Mackay right now, if they could get him. Just looking at the league table, I mean, we're, we're talking about the, the strange timing for Dundee on the back of those two two results. They're in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. Uh, they've also got a game in hand, uh, Barry, just looking at, at the league table. They've got a game in hand yeah. on St Johnston, so they're a point better off and they've got potentially... Uh, another three points to to add to that if if they can win their their game in hand, which which makes it a little bit even more head scratching than than it was. Yeah, I'm just looking at that, and if they do win their, their game in hand, they go three points behind um, Ross County. Mm. Um, so that that's why. Well, I'm just surprised at the timing. I mean, people say it's a results-driven business. Then you look at the last cut. I know he's only won five league games this season, but I just look at the the smaller picture. The last two games, you go to a place like Tynecastle, we know how hard it is to win there. They go there and get a brilliant 2-1 victory. And they go to a potential banana skin in the Scottish Cup at Peterhead. And um, as I said, they don't play great, but they get the job done and they're in the quarterfinals and get a home draw against Rangers. So I, I don't know what, what chairman expect, and that's why I think James McPake deserved at least until the end of the season. Because remember, he got them promoted last year as well. Yeah. Your nephew's got a new line on his uh, CV as well as scoring his uh, 12th goal of the season last night against St Johnston, rescuing a point for Aberdeen. He also uh, lined up at centre-back at one point. It was it was strange, actually, because he replaced Scott Brown at centre-back. He was, he was filling in in the second half for Declan Gallagher. He was taken off, but uh, Lewis looked, uh, looked really good. I know you were... You know, your eyes yeah, were on bigger no, things last night. You were watching PSG Real Madrid no, last would, night. I'll be honest with you, I was about to watch Aberdeen St. Johnson and then I get told um, <laughs> PSG and Real Madrid was on. So I, I chose to, mm. to watch a PSG game. But listen, um, great, he scored the penalty and obviously I, I knew last night that he did go back in and, and fill it centre half, um, which is good for his development as well. Listen, he's for me, I like him when he's let off at leash and getting bombing mm-hmm. forward getting in people's faces um, but listen he's he's went back in there and filled in a position and, and done well by, by all accounts and again another goal albeit it's for the penalty spot but listen that's what 12 goals 
12 out of 12 12 out of 12 um, you can't ask for any more he's just a good footballer Lewis Ferguson you can play him just about anywhere and, he, and he'll do a job for you and, and I would I think his reputation is he's had sticky moments as Aberdeen have had sticky moments this season yeah. but but, uh, but games like last night you just look at him playing out of position in a sense at, at centre-back and you think he's just a player I, I think it's time that he moved on I think he's got to move in the summer I, th I think it's time's up at Aberdeen mm. and, and you know that would be good business for Aberdeen because they stole him off Hamilton didn't they mm. they got him for a compensation fee it was buttons yeah and they will get right good money for him. But I, I really do think that, you know, he's, he's now knocking on the door in the Scotland team. He's in a, an Aberdeen team that, I, I don't know what's wrong at Petordia, but I, I, I think it's time for Lewis to, to try and get his move to England. There has been interest from England, reported interest from Italy. Um, and he's, he's got, a, I think he went through a, a dip in for him. I think he's come mm. back now. But, but I do think there comes a time when a player gets to an age that it's time to move and I think this is his time. Did you think Aberdeen would get a lift last night, Barry? Just from so often when a manager goes, the players suddenly deliver, but it didn't happen really yeah, for Aberdeen last night. I fully expected Aberdeen to pick up the three points and then I go down after six minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I was taken aback um, with, with, the, with the start they had. Um, with Barry Robson coming in as well, who's been about the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Made a few changes as well last night, so I, I was surprised that um, they get a point. But all credit to St. Johnson. Um, but when when you let a manager go, you always tend to get a reaction, um, and that tells you there's something not quite right up at Aberdeen Football Club just now um, in the squad. So it's a big decision, and they need to get this next managerial um, appointment bang on and as we said at the start of the show we spoke about a number of candidate, candidates but for me there's the only, only one for me is Jim Goodwin um, and as I said St Murn fans will hate me for it but I think he's a, a top manager um, in the making and I think Aberdeen should try everything to try and prize my way for St Murn Aberdeen have got 30 points from 26 games I mean by their mm. standards that is that is really poor but the nature of the league this season Davey means that uh, they are still very much in with a chance of getting to fourth place because they're only three points behind yeah. uh, Dundee United and Motherwell. Uh, there's a real ruck of teams there all competing now for that position in behind hearts, you would think. They, they, they can put a run together. They had a really good run from day one. You'll know better than me, mm. the first six games they started brilliantly. Yeah. But since then, it's been one step forward, two back, too often. And I think when you look at the, the players individually, you think, there's something wrong here. There's too many good players in that team mm. to be where they are, um, and I, I'm not. I'm not sure what's wrong. Obviously, Stephen Glass was part of the problem. Yeah, I don't think he was ready for that job in the first place. You don't replace Derek McInnes, somebody who's kept you in the top four, seven successive seasons, got you into Europe every year. You don't replace Derek McInnes with a novice. So all the more reason why Dave Cormack, who has to put his hands up for the appointment of Stephen Glass, he's got to get this one right. And I think Jim Goodwin has now served as apprenticeship, if you like. I think he ticks so many boxes that I don't think Jim Goodwin would be a gamble. I think he'd be a really good appointment. Look, look at the players Aberdeen have got Brown, Ferguson, McCrory, Ramirez, Hayes, Ramsey, McGeoch. I could go on, there's another, there's another two or three players there. They, they, that's good players. They should be higher up the table. Were you surprised that they didn't do more or, or really anything of any significance in the in the January transfer window. I mean that that seemed uh, an opportunity, didn't it? 
for, for Aberdeen to, to improve the squad? Yeah, but I, I think I've I seen Stephen Glass do an interview. He would only bring somebody in who was going to improve the starting eleven. And obviously they must have tried to get certain players Yeah, in. I think they did try, yep. yeah. So th th there's no point in bringing people in just for the numbers, Rob. Mm. They need to improve the starting eleven if you're going to try and bring players in. So obviously they couldn't get the, the right players and that's the reason why they had a, a quiet January. Let's talk about uh, European football again and feel free to join in with us. 0808 17 17 uh, 700. Barry Ferguson, Davey Prov and Rob McLean. Wednesday's Goat Radio football show and uh, talking Celtic in terms of their game uh, tomorrow night Bodo Glimt 8 o'clock kickoff. and um, we uh, talked about it earlier on here is the man himself Ange Postacoglu talking about Celtic's European approach I think people have seen our approach you know we, we saw our approach in Europe already we played some some pretty good teams um, Leverkusen what are they third in the Bundesliga and Batiste third in Spain and people saw the approach we took against them. Our goal is to be a team that plays, you know, this football against all opposition. Now that's obviously means that we need to keep improving. And But I thought we saw that, you know, to be fair to our European campaign, we ended up winning three games in our group, which, you know, we didn't really struggle. I mean, we, we, we started, obviously, we started a bit slowly and particularly when we played Leverkusen here, you know, we, we played some good football, but also realised that at that level, you get punished for the smallest of mistakes. Gave us a real good realisation of the difference that we needed to make in our game, but we didn't change our approach and we won't change our approach. They will be blasting out of the blocks uh, tomorrow yep. night, Davey. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know... You know, I, I admire his conviction. He's got a way that he wants the game to be played. But I do think there are times you have to have a plan B. And I'm not saying against uh, Bodo Glimt. And Celtic will be able to go at them and probably blow them away. I think Celtic can win the tie tomorrow night, not just the game. But if Celtic end up in the Champions League, and that's where I want to see them, if you're up against a PSG or a Man City, I'm, I'm not sure you can play the way Celtic play. I think Brendan Rodgers proved that. He mm. took a couple of really sore ones because he, he he wouldn't change to a plan B. He had this conviction that he, he wanted the game played a certain way. Um, and I, I, I think um, there's a thin line between conviction and outright stubbornness. Um, and, you know, we'll find out when Celtic... Well, Rangers could stop them, but if Celtic are in the Champions League next year, it might require a rethink in terms of Celtic being too open at times. They won the title, Bodo Glimt, uh, last season, I think, by maybe by just a few points. But the season before, they won it by a record margin, the, the biggest ever uh, margin of victory in the Norwegian top league. Molde, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's old team were, were second. Uh, so they're full of quality. But it, but it is a strange situation that they are in this end-of-season, pre-season uh, limbo, Barry. And they've also lost four of the players. They've sold four of the players who won them last season's title. Yeah, I was just about to say that. that they're four of their, their best players um, they've lost. So that's obviously, they're going to suffer for that. Um, but if you're Celtic, this is the, the best time to get a team like this. They've not played any competitive football for about eight weeks. Um, as I said, you can do all the training you want. You can go and play all the, the bounce games you want. But listen, it's when you play the, the proper stuff, the, the stuff that you go in, a league competition, um, that's when you get up to a level of fitness. So the good thing about Bodo Glimp for Celtic is they're going to be rusty. They're not going to be sharp as they normally are. And this is a brilliant opportunity for Celtic to go and blow them away. Yeah, sounds like a great chance for Celtic. And that is the second game of the doubleheader tomorrow night. Celtic against Bodo Glimt at 8 after Rangers in Dortmund at 5.45. 
The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go. It's the Go Radio Football Show with Barry Ferguson, Davey Proven, Rob McLean. Looking ahead to a big night in Europe. Uh, what sort of impact is it going to have a wonder on this intriguing title race with a big prize uh, right at the finishing line? Uh, it's a glamour game for Rangers tomorrow night, no doubt about it. It is uh, Borussia Dortmund against Rangers at the West Fallon Stadium. Just a 10,000 uh, crowd. It is such a great venue for football. It doesn't seem as if uh, Dortmund's star man, Erling Holland, will be playing. But Giovanni van Bronckhorst is planning with and without him. No doubt, everyone recognize the talent he has the player he is I mean he's one of the top strikers uh, in the world so looks like he's uh, he's almost back to uh, to play but uh, everyone recognizes his talent but we have to prepare <clears throat> the game in uh, which players we uh, we uh, we face and uh, it looks like he won't be in the squad tomorrow but if he is you know we we're, we're gonna prepare as well uh, if, if he was playing so, He's having a pretty disappointing season, isn't he? 23 goals in 20 games yeah. uh, in, in domestically. And when you put his uh, national appearances uh, with it as well, it's 28 in 23. Mm. <laughs> you can you can put the kettle on, though, that he'll either go to Bayern Munich or Real Madrid, won't he? Mm. Do you not think? Yeah. Bayern usually take Dortmund's best players, don't yeah. they? Yeah. If he doesn't go there, he'll mm. go to uh, probably Real Madrid, do you think? Man City. They've mm. not got a centre forward. Yeah. But if they start, yeah, look, I've watched them numerous times, and um, what what a talent, what what a talent he has. Um, can score. What I love about him, score a tap in from a yard, or he can score a thirty yard wonder goal. All sorts of goals, all different types of goals. Um, and oh. Listen, see if you're a player, that's what you that's the type of guys you want to come up against. Um sadly for Rangers he won't be playing tomorrow, but um no, what a talent. He could go on to become one of the best it's been about. And if he misses that one tomorrow, as seems likely, I wonder if he'll be back for the game at Ibrox uh, next week. Uh, we shall see. We're talking Rangers and Dortmund. We're talking Celtic at home to Bodo Glimt as well. That's in the Europa Conference League, of course. Let's talk to Jim in Rutherglen, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Jim, how are you doing? Good evening, Rob, Barry, Davey. Hi, Jim. How are you doing, Jim? What are you thinking, Jim? What, what would you like to talk about? It was actually, it wasn't so much about the European game, it was actually to speak to Davey about uh, Mikey Johnson, if that's possible. Yeah. Right, well, Davey, sorry, just before I say this, uh, Davey, Barry, I was sorry to hear about you, obviously not being at Aloha anymore. I honestly think that you've been really good for Goredo, and I think Goredo has been good for you. I think people have got to know you a bit more with your the personality you've got, and I think you've got a lot of Celtic fans will have a lot of grudge and respect to you. Cheers, Jim. Nice no to know. <laughs> uh, just easy on the personality, though. Uh, you know, steady. I don't imagine you're going for a pint at the pub in the corner for the studios anytime soon. But <laughs> oh no, listen, <laughs> that could be lively. It was David. You were obviously a, a successful Celtic winger. You know, you've won what seven trophies? I think it was at Celtic. Um, I think you were. What was it? Four weeks to the Scottish Cup. Well, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, four two one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'm pretty sure you'd be able to kind of empathise with or the expectations and the pressures on 
young Michael Johnson because it's it's not happened for him. You, you know, you've been in his shoes before. You know exactly what it's like at Celtic Park, having to perform week in week out. You know, with the way the fans are. Yeah. And it's it's just not worked for him. And he's going to be 23 in a couple of months' time. And to be honest, Ange doesn't strike me as the sort of guy that's going to have, you know, end up staying around on sentimental value. And it's just to see how you think where he's going to end up. Yeah, I I think it's time for Michael Johnson to to look elsewhere. Uh, I don't think he's going to play enough for Celtic. And he's unfortunate that he has so much opposition. You know, Abada, Jota, Forrest. Um, yeah. That is proper opposition. And I, I just don't see Mikey Johnson getting in if if they're all fit. Mm. He's had his own injury problems. He's been very unlucky. But he's at a stage now where he has to play every week, I think. He's not even in the second choice front three, is he, for Celtic at the moment, do you? No, no. It's, it's time for, I don't know who Mikey's agent is, but... I think Mikey should be saying to his agent, look, I've got to play elsewhere here. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to play regularly for Celtic. He might get the odd game here and there, but at his age, that's not what he's what he's about, what he should be looking for. He, it's another case of, for me, he would have to go and look elsewhere for, for regular first-team football. There was a lot of talk, Jim, wasn't there, in the during the window about a possible loan out for, for Mikey Johnson? Yeah, there certainly was, Robin. I was hoping that was going to be the case. I think it would be really good for him. I mean... I know he gets a lot of criticism online and I hate people that buy into that because it doesn't do the boy any good. There's nobody wants, you know, to see this boy fail. We've all been hoping for him and you feel bad when he, he's injured for so long. But as I said, football can be quite cruel and pretty harsh, especially at the top level when it comes to the two, you know, major clubs in Glasgow. And I remember Mark Manil saying a quote years ago, I know it sounds quite harsh, but he said that if somebody's long term injured they might as well be dead. Mm. And I thought you know, that's that's how cutthroat it is at that level. Barry, you'll you'll have seen lots of players at that stage who have that big decision to make. Do they want to stay with Celtic and Rangers and and make it? Of course they do if they can. Um, but sometimes uh, you have to think that the grass actually is greener for you on the other side of the fence. Firstly, I think he's a boy with a lot of ability, Mikey Johnson. Mm. But I'm saying a boy because I thought he, but I forgot until I mentioned you off air. I, I couldn't believe it. Mikey Johnson was coming up in 23. I thought he was 20, 21. But yeah. obviously he's been out injured for a, a lengthy time. Obviously got an opportunity in Sunday against Wraith Rovers. And now it seems he's picked up another injury. He's going about for another three or four weeks. But the main thing for Mikey Johnson is, as Davies just says, he needs to go and play 30, 40 games a season. He needs to go. Um, it's better for his career, better for his development. Because if you look at the players that he needs to try and get out of that Celtic team. Jota, for me, what a find he's been um, on loan for Benfica. Abada, 19-year-old, 20, just turned 20, mm. 14 goals for the wide right area. And then you've got, obviously, James Forrest. So it's going to be hard for Mikey Johnson to get into the Celtic team. And now at 23, that's when you've got to be looking to playing regular football. And I think, if you ask Mikey himself, I think come the summer, you, you'll probably need to make that decision to go elsewhere because it would be better for his, obviously, career. And there is no sentiment in it for Ange Postecoglou, Davy. I mean, he wasn't, no. you know, he hasn't been there for for the, the upbringing at Celtic of, yeah. of Mikey Johnson. It's all about whether he can do a job in that team and yeah. whether he can play the way Ange wants him to yeah, play. If, if, if we're being brutally honest here, I, I think Mikey Johnson's a little bit short of the three players that we've mentioned, Abada, Forrest and Jota. Mm. I, I don't think he's at their level. Um... And even though Celtic very often play with, with two wide players, I don't think in the longer term Mikey Johnson is going to get enough first-team football to make it worth his while. He, obviously, he'll be in good money at Celtic. Um, 
But I think there comes a time where, in terms of your, your career, you have to play every week. Mm -hmm. It's not going to get that at Celtic. It's some squad gym now at Celtic, isn't it? It is, Rob. I mean, they're going to end up like racehorses. These guys are going to be so finely tuned under what Angie's expectations are. It's not even every week. It's like twice a week we're playing just now. So these guys really need to be fit and ready. And sadly, it's just not happened for young Mikey. What are you thinking about tomorrow night? Tomorrow night's game? Oh, I fancy it. I really fancy yeah. it, Rob. I think we're playing great stuff. I think we're confident on and off the pitch as well. Just the fans just are eating out Angie's hand every single press conference. And I think boys like O'Reilly, uh, be interested to see how he would do with Roderick beside him or whether it's one for one. for one. But I just think we're in such a place just now. They've got a taste for silverware. Uh, really good results recently. I think I could fancy a, a 3-0 tomorrow. Mm. We've heard Ange uh, Postacoglu already on the show talking about the excitement he feels about playing these big games in Europe, the the approach that Celtic have. No great surprise there about how they're going to go about it uh, tomorrow night. Also, his ambition in this Europa Conference League. Yeah, that's what you compete for. That's why you are in these competitions. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? I mean, I'm not really sure what other sort of motivation you'd have in playing these games. I mean, I guess you could look at it as a, a learning curve or a progression curve or something, use them as a, for some kind of experience. But again, that's, I think that's wasting an opportunity that's before us. What's before us is, you know, we're in this, we're in Europe, um, we're in the knockout stages. And, you know, if we get past a, a very good opponent, First up, we'll get an, another good opponent in the next round and you just got to tackle each opponent as it, as it comes. But every competition is there to be won by someone. I don't think, what is there, 16 or whatever teams left, I don't think there's only five of them that think can go in it. That sounded, Davey, like a fairly withering response to a, a question about how ambitious are <laughs> yeah. you in this yeah. in this conference league? And, and there, there, there was the answer. Yeah. It would be great if Celtic drew Leicester, wouldn't it? <laughs> Brendan yeah. back in Glasgow yeah. against Ange. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be a terrific tie. Mm. I'm not saying that this isn't an attractive game tomorrow night, but I'd like to see Celtic pull one of the big guns. But he's just saying there, let's we're in it. We're in the knockout stages, Barry. Let's see what it takes us. Well, Rob, if you play at a big club, you've got to expect to play three games a week. That, that's mm. what happens when you're at a Rangers or Celtic. Um, you, you've got to manage these games. That's why you've got a big squad. That's why you have a, a pre-season to set yourself up. So when you play at a, a big club, you've got to play three games a week that's par for the course um, listen it's tough sometimes on you but if you want to play at the top of the game that's what you've got to do Does it concern you Jim about the the potential fixture schedule coming up if Europe is in the equation as well? Yeah it does but I think that's the price of success Rob to be honest and Ange does not strike me as a guy that's going to go into anything with any half measures I mean Barry you've said this many a time the league is your bread and butter and I feel the same way as a Celtic fan. That's a, the one title you really should be looking to retain. But uh, as far as Ange, to me, anything goes, he'll want them all. And whether that's feasible, and, you know, bravery sometimes next door neighbour is stupid. You know, I don't know whether you'd be, some Celtic fans would say, no, don't bother with Europe. We just we need to get this league because of the bounty that's at the end of it. But I think Ange is quite headstrong and that, no, he'll play his strongest team no matter who we're going to play against, whether it's Europe or the league. Is it realistic, Davey, to think about Celtic as potential treble winners, maybe quadruple winners? Well, they've certainly um, got a chance of the treble. I mean, they're top of the league. League Cup's already in the bag. Um, so treble's certainly a possibility, although Rangers, I'm sure, would suggest otherwise. But, um, you know, I, I just think it's remarkable the way this, this season has panned out. If you'd said to me back in September that Celtic would be top of the league, 
uh, I'd have laughed at you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's done. He's, he's done some job. He really has. And the squad now is at a level, Barry, that these sort of predictions are not as ridiculous as they would have been, as Davy says, a few months ago. Yeah, but listen, this is what we want for our game. Uh, see this next, what, 10, 12 weeks? How exciting is this going to be? Mm. Um, two of them going head-to-head. A couple of old fun games, they're playing in big games in Europe. That, that, this is what you want. Um, and you look at both squads, for me, strong squads. You look at the benches, you, you look at the games. For instance, I'll go back to the, the, the doubleheader last week when, when it was Murnau against Celtic. You look who Celtic bring off off the bench. Quality players that could easily get in the 11. And the same when Rangers played Hearts at Ibrox. The, the quality of the players that are on the bench. So, listen, this next 12 or so weeks is going to be so exciting. Where are you, Jim, on the, the Carl Starfelt argument? I, I think it is a he is a, a, a point of debate, isn't he, for Celtic fans? Yeah, there is that kind of paradox, Rob. I've thought this for the start of the season when he, that crazy own goal that he scored and it hadn't really had been getting out that rut and Davies not exactly his biggest fan I know that and I'm kind of I was pretty much the same but then you look at the stats and you think you've got the best defence record in the league mm-hmm. so you're kind of you're in a wee bit I kind of don't know what to think and then you've got Julian coming back it's going to take him a while to try and hit the ground and you know ease, ease his way back in I think probably most Celtic fans that I've spoken to my mates is certainly long term would want like a Julian a Carter Vickers but I don't know Starfield I think you've got to just give the guy a chance and certainly believes in him keeps playing him so I don't know and I think I think I think Davy, there's a stubbornness about Ange Postecoglou as well when that is thrown at him as it has been in recent weeks at media conferences yeah. you know what about uh, when's Julian going to be back when's he going to play when's he going to be back yeah. in um, and he's pretty happy at the moment or appears to be with what he's got M- managers tend to push back I always remember um, it was one of the Celtic players who played under Jock Steen and he was sitting on the bench most weeks and the crowd now and again if the team was struggling would start chanting his name and he said that's when I knew I wasn't getting on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because uh-huh. nobody was going to uh-huh. tell Jock Steen. <laughs> nobody was going to pick his team no, for him. No. And there's an element of that mm-hmm. about Ange. Yeah. You know, there, there's a stubbornness about me that I don't think he likes anyone questioning, you know, what he's about and his selection, his tactics or anything. He's, he's a real single-minded, confident, assured uh, very assured in terms of what he's doing well, one thing Starfelt will need to play because um, uh, I don't know if you agree with me I've seen obviously it's great for Celtic supporters that Julian's back but he's got to be patient with Julian mm-hmm. he's been out for 14 months or so um, it's going to take him a, a while to get back and, and find his feet he, he played 15 or so minutes in, 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 um, in Sunday but you could tell he looked really rusty but that's to be expected so for for the foreseeable future, it's Carter Vickers and, and Starfield. Prediction, Jim, for tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to go 3 0. Rob, I'm not underestimating them, but I really fancy my team tomorrow. Good man, good to have you on the show. Cheers, guys. Good night. Cheers, Jim. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go. Looking ahead to uh, the Old Firm in European action tomorrow night, of course, uh, Rangers in Dortmund. That's a 5.45 start. Uh, Eight o'clock, better remember that, uh, for Celtic against Bodo Glimt. 
Um, tomorrow night we're on air uh, from five o'clock as usual, live at five, uh, with uh, Paul Cooney and myself. Could be a combination of the, the two of us. We may be handing over the baton. I think I'll probably need to be at Celtic Park uh, for that game uh, tomorrow night. Leanne Crichton, Simon Donnelly are in here. Uh, we're also looking at uh, what's happening in the football managerial business on the back of Stephen Glass getting the boot uh, from Aberdeen at the weekend. James McPake has been uh, sacked today by Dundee on the back of winning at Tynecastle last week and on the back of reaching the Scottish Cup uh, quarterfinals. Let's talk to Ethan, who's a commentator for DTV. Hi, Ethan. Hi, how are you doing? Not bad. What are you, what are you thinking about James McPake? Well, I've got to say it's uh, a surprise. It just kind of seemed to come out of the blue. You know, on the back of, of two victories, two mm. consecutive victories, I think it's caught quite a lot of people off guard. I certainly didn't expect to see it now. I thought he was going to be back uh, have a bit more time to turn things around. But, yeah, no, it's happened. And now, now I'm just hoping they can bring in the right man to kind of save the season. Does it make you think, Ethan, that, uh, that they've got somebody lined up, ready to go, uh, to, to take the decision when they've taken it? Well, I certainly think that the timing of this would imply that. Because um, it just seems bizarre. Otherwise, you know, after two two wins on the bounce to release him of, of duty, uh, then to all, all of a sudden have no one <laughs> lined up, that would just be totally bizarre. So I think they do have uh, they do have lined up. Uh, just an educated guess. I don't claim to know anything, uh, but yeah, I would I would think the timing of this would would certainly imply that they've they've got a name on their list and they're lining them up for the job. Davey, I mean, we've touched on it earlier on in the show. It wouldn't have been a big surprise maybe had he gone before Tynecastle, but yeah. but to do it on the back of that, you would have thought these are just the results Dundee wanted. I, I, They're going to get some money out of the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. Yeah. They wanted Tynecastle to lift their hopes of survival. Which makes you wonder, and I'm only guessing here, I've got no inside information, it makes you wonder if this was more than a football decision, whether there's something we're not being told about. Very unusual to sack a manager after after two wins, isn't it? Mm. Uh, we, I mean, we were talking about the the person that James McPake is, Ethan, as well. I mean, he, you know, he he's very straightforward. I mean, you must you, you'll interview him, you'll know him pretty pretty well. Wears his heart in his sleeve. He's pretty honest, isn't he, with uh, what's happening, what's going on? Yeah, I think you're you're bang on there. You'll you'll struggle to find someone that'll care more about the, the football club than James. He's uh, yeah, honest. Uh, Dundee through and through, he, and yeah, I think I think it's really unfortunate timing for him. I think uh, I think initially perhaps they were looking to back him, but then perhaps there was a, a U-turn. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know, but yeah, no, there's not really much else I can say that you've not said already. There, great, great character, and I'm, I'm gutted for him that it's not mm. worked out. Who would be your pick, Ethan, if you were? If Dundee came to you, they might well come to you and say, "What are you thinking? Who should who should we get? What who would you be your choice?" My choice would probably be with Jack Ross, mm -hmm. recently uh, relieved of duties with Hibernian. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a name that's that's rumoured at the moment as well. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy that would be a right fit to us, a right fit in this division. And of course, the relegation scrap—it's nothing that he's not used to. He's he had experience that before with uh, Saint Mirren. Uh, he, kind of steer the helm to their survival and what they refer to as their great escape. Now, we're not in the same kind of scenario. As we're really, really in the, 
in, in the depths of the bottom of the table at that point. But uh, yeah, no, I th- he'd be he'd be my top choice to kind of steer the helm and keep us the safest at least towards the end of the season. And then from there on, uh, I, I would think Ross would be a good appointment in the long term as well as the short term. So yeah, I think he, he kind of ticks both boxes for me. Davy, Jack Ross. Yeah, good, 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 good show. I think very unfairly sacked by Hibbs. Timing mm. was extraordinary after beating Rangers in the League Cup semi-final. Mm. Um, and I think Jack Ross would probably maybe be in the frame for the Aberdeen job as well. I know we're talking about Jim Goodwin being favourite, but be surprised if he's not in the frame up there as well. And he's got that plus on his side, uh, Barry. He's available. Yeah, and he's not going to cost any money. No. Um, yep, good shout, Jack Ross. Um, and I, I don't think it can be a short term thing for Dundee I don't think at the time and getting rid of James McPake I honestly think they've got somebody in mind and um, and I don't think they'll have a caretaker I think it'll be a manager that needs to come in and um, hit the ground running straight away because you look at the Dundee team there is real good players there as well mm. um, but the surprising thing for me is they've, they've backed James in the transfer market Now McGinn and Zach Rudden Yep, they've spent money Obviously on Zach Rudden, um, they had to spend money. So, yeah, very surprised. And I feel for James McPay because he got them promoted last year, as I said. And for me, I think he deserved at least until the end of the season um, to make sure that he kept Dundee in the Premier League. I wonder, Ethan, if there has been a, a sudden change of heart here when you think about those two deals done in the window to get McGinn and, and Rudden on board. Um you know, you would have thought if they were going to change manager, changing it actually during the window and giving the new manager a chance to to bring in who he wanted to bring in might have made sense. Yeah, no, I thought the exact same thing. I thought they were going to back him a bit longer than they have. Purely given the fact that they let him stay for the, the transfer market to bring in his own guys to try and uh, reach the, the goal for the end of the season. But so I guess in that sense, it probably does imply that there's perhaps been a, a U-turn that they were willing to back them and perhaps something's came up and they've had to review the situation they're in and say, right, do we, do we, do we stick with them until the end of the season or do we try and bring in someone now a bit more experienced to uh, a bit, perhaps, I don't want to use the word trustworthy, I think, because that's a bit disrespectful, but you know, someone that they could have a, perhaps a bit more uh, faith and confidence in based on past experiences. And your hopes of Dundee's survival... Um, even avoiding bottom spot and taking your chance in the playoffs, that that would rest then uh, by the sounds of it with you, for you with whether it is someone that you want like Jack Ross or whether they look maybe a bit more left field. Well, I I don't think it will be as left field as some may think. The fact that in the, the statement that the club released, there's a there's a real stress about bringing in someone with a pedigree of experience. Um, Usually Dundee tend to go for the kind of younger up-and-coming managers under under uh, John Elms' reign, with the sheer exception of Jim McIntyre, who was brought in on the basis of uh, 10 years' worth of experience uh, in over 300 games as a manager. So I don't think it will be this, this left-field pick, another young, hungry, up-and-coming manager. I think this time it's going to be back to looking to a more experienced pedigree. And... Uh, yeah I, th- yeah, I think certainly that's got to be the way to go as well. I think if you go... I don't have a problem with an experience personally. Mm. I've often said that an experience is never really a bad thing. Sometimes it just means newer and fresher ideas. But I think when you find yourself 
you're struggling to cement your place within the, the league, within the division, that the, the way to go is to bring in someone that knows the division thoroughly, someone that's been in this situation before, that's learnt from past mistakes. Ethan, thanks for your insight. Good to have you on the show. Right, thank you very much for having me. Cheers. All the best. That's Ethan who's come here with DTV. Um, uh, just testing the temperature there of what it feels like at the moment among the diehard Dundee fans on the back of uh, the sacking of James McPake. Uh, interesting days ahead uh, for Dundee fans, Aberdeen fans as well, looking for a replacement for Stephen Glass. Uh, just before we go, let's uh, get back to the subject of European football. And in uh, Dortmund tomorrow night, it's going to be Geo versus Geo because uh, in the opposition to Giovanni van Bronckhorst's team is the lad who shares his uh, Christian name, son of Claudio Reina, Gio Reina. I play with his father, Claudio, and I'm very good friends uh, with the whole family, actually, uh, for many years. Gio, I know from the day he was born, so I have a special relationship with him as a friend, but also as a, as a player, because he, uh, as you said, he came to Holland quite a lot to uh, train with our youth academy at Feyenoord. So he was in our house and we were trying to help him to, to be the player he is now. And uh, so always kept in contact, always saw each other, uh, you know, at least one once a year. You know, it's especially bond I have with the Reiner family and uh, will be special for, uh, I think, for both of us to play against each other. And so hopefully it's a good game and, you know, the most uh, the competitors we are, you know, we want to win, but it's obviously a very special moment. I think the uh, Dortmund coach was speaking today about uh, that relationship between Gio and Gio and saying that uh, uh, Van Bronckhorst knew him when he was in nappies. I think he went, he went into a bit more graphic detail about the nappies, but uh, we probably shouldn't <laughs> go there uh, at any stage of the of the show, to be honest. But Claudio Reyna is, is a player you know well, Barry. Yeah, uh, one of the best players I've played with, Claudio Reyna. Um, could play anywhere. Obviously, his best position was was midfield anywhere across the midfield. He filled in it right back for Rangers. But when we signed him, I think it was from Wolfsburg for four million pound or four and a half million pound. I never knew anything about him. But when he stepped on that training field, um, he'd everything that you wanted in a midfielder. Could get about the pitch. He was aggressive, um, and he was a right good technician. Um, so yep, he went down. He played, I think, Man City. Sunderland mm-hmm. as well. Um, no, Claudia was a was a top top player, and I've seen his his son play. Um, when I watched the the Bundesliga with Dortmund, mm-hmm. and he looks a right top prospect as well. Yeah, I mean, even if they are without Erling Haaland, it seems likely uh, tomorrow night. It is tough opposition uh, for Rangers, uh, and you would imagine they're just looking for the sort of result, David, they can take back to Ibrox next week. Yeah, I think the the caller said earlier on, if, if Rangers can. Stay in the tie. I think that's the the objective. You know, even Rangers were to lose by one tomorrow night, they're still in the tie. They don't want to lose. You know, they don't want to lose by three, mm. and effectively have the, the the tie be beyond them. They want to be in the tie. You know, so like, and you know, for some crazy nights at Ibrox, you know, with the crowd behind mm. them, Rangers have, have done some remarkable things. So yeah, first and foremost, stay in the tie. What's your thinking then about the the scores predictions for tomorrow night? Those the two games. Well, I, I think I think in Rangers' favour is that the there's a reduced crowd. There's only ten thousand. Mm. Obviously, Erling Haaland missing the game is huge for Rangers as well. Um, I, I, I think I think Dortmund will win the game, but if if, if Rangers can keep it down to maybe one goal of a difference, um, I, I think that'll be a, a good result for Rangers. And Celtic. 
I think Celtic can can win the tie tomorrow night, not just the game. Right. I, I don't think this team can possibly be be fit, and and the way Celtic start games these days, I, I think Celtic can get the job done. Um, I, I think Celtic can win by maybe as many as three. Barry, the two games, how do you see them? It's going to be tough for Rangers. Um, stay, make sure they're still in the tie to bring them back to Ibrox. I, th- I think if they come back with a 2 1 loss, they'll be happy with that. Because listen, I don't care if there's the top players that play with Dortmund. European nights at Ibrox, the atmosphere, I've seen the best look round about and no crumble, but be annoyed the the atmosphere. So it's important that Rangers come back still in the tie, which I think that'll be their game plan. And Celtic, I can only see Celtic winning because of. Odo Glimp being inactive for too long yep. for me so I think um, Celtic will win that by a couple of goals another two great hours of football chat thanks Barry thanks Davey Cheers as well up. we are back uh, with same again tomorrow night ahead of the two big matches we are live at five the Go Radio Football Show with the taxicentre.com your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you let's go go Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.